Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I ask you to hide me behind the cross. Lord, don't let it be me who speaks. Little old me don't mean nothing. Lord Jesus, let you be the one who speaks. Let you, Lord Jesus, be the one who brings forth the word. Because it ain't important what I have to say, Lord. It's important what you have to say. So, Lord, we ask right now that you would bless this message tonight. And, Lord, help us to know what you have to say, Lord. Once again, Lord, as we look at presidents and the different presidents and presidents' day, Lord, what is that all about? And why do we even acknowledge presidents' day or these different presidents, Lord? Why do we acknowledge them? And Lord, are we doing what's right or are we going overboard? Lord, if we are, help us out, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. Now, we are going to do tonight a little examination of actually three holidays in one message because they're all combined. See, President... George Washington, the first president of our country. And Abraham Lincoln, he was a president. As well as the holiday of President's Day in itself. All dwell on the fact that, that we're talking about presidents. And acknowledging our president, our leader. Well, I want to start this time a little different than normally having Ruth start to read some stuff that explains it. I want to first start with a scripture tonight. Hebrews 13, verses 15 to 18. But since we got Danny with us tonight, we're going to give you that privilege, Danny. Let you read my text tonight. Hebrews 13, verses 15 through 18. Okay? By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Continually, that is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them that have rule over you, that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For it is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust. We have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. Hey, hey, hey. Woo, glory. Now, see, in this text, it tells us something very important. Now, of course, we're going to be coming back to this after I have Ruthie read some stuff. But we're going to come back to this, but, and we're going to preach on presidents. But we need to understand something right from the outset. JWs need to understand this from the outset. The Bible says obey them that have the rule over you. That means the law of the land still has a right. God intended us to have laws. Without law there is no freedom. Because if you go over and above your rights, you're technically violating someone else's rights. 
That's why we have a law. For example, the law in the Bible says, Thou shalt not kill. If you do kill, you are violating not only the law, but you're violating someone else's right to live. Well, the law says you're supposed to, when asked, bear arms and serve in the military, especially if you're capable of doing so. Well, when you don't, you're violating every man, woman, boy, and girl in this country the right to have freedom. You will enslave them into another country's law. So whether you like it or not, you will obey somebody's law. Even if you don't, JFW, if you don't want to go with the law of the land, hello, you're going to end up under another law. So you might as well, and especially if, let's say, the Muslims decide to make this a Muslim country, if you don't fight for America, buddy, let me tell you what, you're going to end up under Muslim law, and guess what they're going to do if you don't obey their law? They cut your head off or shoot it off one. Hello? That's, a, that's Muslim law. You don't, you, you don't fool with Muslim law. They'll kill you. Yeah, I mean, you think you got it made now. Yeah, that's because you got freedom to worship your cult. But go ahead and try it over there. Go try it over there in, in, in Iraq. Go try it in a Muslim nation. They'll cut your head off quicker than you can count to one. Yes, they will. Amen. So our presidents who are our leaders, they watch over our souls as well as our pastors. That's why we should choose wisely who our pastors are who our spiritual leaders are. But now, as to the presidents themselves, especially the two that we observe, Washington, his birthday, Abraham Lincoln, his birthday, and then we observe President's Day. Now, President's Day is basically a conglomeration of all the presidents, including Washington and Lincoln, but it's a conglomeration of all the rest. It's a time to reflect on that we have a president and that we should respect him. I have nothing wrong with respecting our president. But as we're going to see, there's some problem with it when you go overboard with it. There's nothing wrong with a good thing, but too much of a good thing will kill you. And that's what's going on here. All right, Ruthie, we're going to have you read these, and then we're going to come back with the message here. February 12th is Lincoln's birthday. The earliest observance is February 12, 1866. Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. He rose from a log cabin to the presidency. The humble story of the genius suddenly and felled at the age of 56 by the bullet of actor John Wilkes Booth. Fifty-five historians chose Lincoln, Washington, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Wilson, Jefferson, and Jackson in that order. As the great ones, American, uh, Abraham Lincoln's uh, parents were English from Norwich, and the first of them came to America was Mrs., uh, Mr. Samuel Lincoln, who settled in Massachusetts in 1638. Lincoln was born to Thomas and Nancy Hanks Lincoln on February 12, 1809. He read the Bible... Shakespeare, Aesop's fables, and law books that he could find. He entered a law partnership with John Stewart in Springfield. 
He ran on the Republican ticket against Stephen A. Douglas. The assassination was on Good Friday on April 14, 1865. President Lincoln and his wife were invited to Major Henry R. Rathbone and his fiancée to see the comedy Our American Cousin at Ford's Theater in Washington. The play was near the end of the third act when John Wilkes Booth slipped into the private box of the president and before anyone was aware of him, fired his single-shot derringer into the left temple of the president's head. After the shot, Major Wathbone tried to grab Booth, but the actor stabbed him in the arm. Booth fractured his left leg. He managed to escape and remain free for 12 days. Three doctors attended the president, and he died in the bed of a government clerk. There's a Lincoln legend where there's a train that bore the remains of President Lincoln and went on a slow trip for two weeks to the train journey to Springfield, Illinois, its engine drapes in black cloth while crowds gather to watch the sad procession. The legend says that on April 27th of each year, about midnight, the train still runs the black coffin plainly in sight. Clocks run slow on that day. The present observances we have today are schools will stage some sort of observances which may feature readings from any of a number of poems about Lincoln and the battle hymn and the Star-Spangled Banner are sung, the Gettysburg Address is read, and some Republican Party and patriotic groups hold Lincoln birthday parties. Okay, and then they have Race Relations Sunday is also uh, included here. Um, since 1923, the National Council of Churches observed Race Relations Sunday on the Sunday nearest Lincoln's birthday, and the actual purpose of this is to stress Christian love and action in race, creed, or color. In other words, you know, it doesn't matter what race you are, creed or color, we're all equal, is what they're trying to say. Okay, there was nothing on President's Day in the book at all, but I did find something on Washington's birthday. Federal observance, the third Monday in February, earliest observance, February 11th, 1782. A song written for Washington's birthday banquet in New York in 1783. Fill the glass to the brink. Washington's health will drink. Tis his birthday. Glorious deeds he has done. By him our cause is won. Long live great Washington. Huzza, huzza. <laughs> what a poem, huh? Help us, Lord. Amen. Present observances of the holiday. In the mid-19th century, Washington's birthday became an occasion with the fourth of July for most patriotic declarations and oratory. Washington was described in almost religious terms. Even sober Abraham Lincoln could declare on February 22, 1842 at Springfield, Illinois to add brightness to the sun or glory to the name of Washington is alike impossible. Let none attempt it in solemn awe pronounce the name and its naked deathless splendor Leave it shining on. Boy, that don't sound very good, you guys. In schools uh, across the country, short plays are presented, usually depicting events of Washington's life. And I better not start preaching. I'll let my husband do it. Here you go. <laughs> shamey, shamey, shamey. Big time. You agree, Danny? Yeah. Shamey. Woo. Now, we'd never thought that Lincoln would say such a thing, but he did. See, what we're talking about President's Day, because 
the reason I bring that all three into one is because, hey, the reason that other one, Ruth, that uh, uh, races, relations, Sunday or whatever it is, the reason they bring that in, I'm glad in the way you brought that up, is because Lincoln was the one who freed the slaves, so they, you know, thought they'd put that closest to his birthday so that they can remind people, look, he's the one who freed the slaves, so look, he got the whole ball of wax started, but really, look, you could also go with uh, Martin Luther King on that too, see? So, but the whole point is, wait a minute, you mean you need a special day to start realizing to treat your brother with love? Oh, shamey, shamey, shamey. Scratch your head and figure that picture out. I think there's something big time wrong with that if you need a special day to remind you to go and get love with your brother. Uh, Houston, we got a problem. And then when you go uh, go around saying drink to Washington, uh, get drunk because some president, and more to the point, oh, you couldn't add no more glory to his name. Wait a minute. The one you better be adding glory to his name is Jesus. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Houston, we got a problem. Yeah, man. Hallelujah. Come on here. Can't you, you, Washington ain't got no glory. The only one who's got glory is Jesus. Oh wow. Oh, you mean Lincoln? No, Washington. Oh, well, Washington do all the chopping he wants. The whole point is, <laughs> hey. And Abe may have been honest Abe, but he wasn't so honest when he started telling that mess about Washington. Oh, you couldn't add glory. Get a life. Whew. I know some proponents of old Washington are going to think mean of me. Well, that's all right. I, I'd rather have two saved than 100,000 unsaved friends. Amen. Give me just two saved friends and I'm happy. And hey, And even if you won't give me that, I'll take Jesus. That's enough. Hey, hey Amen. Not worried about the rest of y'all. I'll take Jesus. Hey Amen. My Bible tells me that, that there's only one who should be getting the glory and the praise is Jesus. Now back to our text that we started with. Hebrews 13, 15 to 18. Now, Danny, I want you to read this slowly for me. Again. As I want us to see something here, what the Bible has to say about this mess. And then, I also want you to remember as Danny's getting that verse, the Bible also had something else to say. Did it say worship our leaders? No, it says you ought to pray for those who are in authority above you. You're supposed to pray for them. Didn't say nothing about worship them. said pray for them. And then Ruth, don't cut that off too quick. Because I'm going to have you get a, t a set of verses ready too. Exodus chapter 20. Verses 1 to 6. I know some folks are going to say, well, that's familiar. Well, we're going to get... Yeah, that's right. If you've been listening to some of my other sermons on the different holidays, you're going to find this one's awful familiar. Well, hey, you shouldn't be worshiping Washington and you wouldn't have to hear this mess. Amen. All right, but first, Danny, Hebrews 13, 15, 18. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. To who? That is. To who? To God. To who? To God. Oh, come on, Danny. It said George Washington. 
No, it says to God. It didn't say George Washington? No, it says to God. Uh, yeah, you might, uh, Ruthie, does that say Washington or has he got one of these false translations? You better help me out here. What does it say here? No, it, it says with, uh, to God, just like Danny said. It's in the King James Version, 1611, which is also the best Bible. Amen. Amen. Well, that's where I was headed anyway, Ruth. Yeah, that's good. The reason we got to God is because it's in the KJV. They must have that. Uh, which one must it be, Danny? You think it might be in that uh, nasty witch's toilet version? I don't know what's in there, but I know it's not right. Well, probably somewhere one of them Bibles must say Washington because they decided to worship him. So worship God. What's the next two words? Continually. Continually. Huh? You give glory to God Part of the time. No, all the time. Some of the time. All of the time. When you feel like it. All the time. Well, how much did he say, Danny? Continually. I'd say that's all the time. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Whoa! Now, come on, Danny. You certainly could not mean that we have to do it verbally. Yes, I do mean, because it says it in the Bible. Oh, come on now. That would not be dignified. You mean I can't just put my hand about shoulder height and say, Hallelujah. Get off your high horse and get humble, because that's what the Bible says. You mean I can't whisper, Hallelujah? No, we have to praise, praise, praise. You mean I have to do all that shouting mess? Yes. Oh, come on now. Oh, come on. You mean I got to verbally shout and do all that stuff? Man. Okay, go on. And we have verse 16. But but to do good and to communicate, forget not. Ooh. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Hello? So what are we communicating? Sacrifice of praise. Hello. But some of us don't want to do that. Verbally. They think it's undignified. Oh, well, the people get mad and leave. Well, they could get glad again. And if they do leave, they get up and then we'll know who they are. Amen. All right, come on, Danny. Obey them that have the rule over you. Stop. Now this here as you're about to see, is not just talking about just about our leaders, such as our president and our laws. But let me give you a little further. The context talks also about preachers. And, I'm sorry to tell you, one preacher had to show me something else. This also talks about anybody that's over you. If you go see a doctor, first off, who is foolish enough to walk in his office? If you're not going to listen to what he says, then why did you go pay your money, make an appointment, pay your money, walk into his office to listen to him? Yeah, come on now. Because, wait a minute, if I pay Ruth to make a lap robe for my legs because they get cold, that means I hired her to do that job, right? Well, 
If she tells me you have to make the stitches a certain way in that crochet, then that's the way it is. Well, when I pay a doctor for their expertise, and I'm not willing to listen to them, I should have saved my money and kept it in my pocket if I was going to be too stubborn to say, well, God will heal me. Hello, Cruise Maddox. Yes. I thought I'd pull over and park on that one. This verse here, obey them to have the rule over you, is taught about doctors, nurses, um, therapists, physical therapists. It's talking about lawyers. It's talking about judges. It's talking about juries. It's talking about police officers. It's talking about military. It's talking about our government. And yes, it's talking about our president. And it's talking about our preachers. It's talking about our Sunday school teachers. It says, Obey them that have rule over you. Now, also for the ladies, this goes to you, to your husband. Now, but the word rule here, let's make sure we understand that too. The word rule means to set a set of guidelines. To be followed, but not necessarily a set of guidelines that dictates how you must breathe. For example, a rule could be you're allowed to drive on the freeway the same as the traffic is moving at 65 mile an hour. Now, if you choose to drive 60... And they say they want you to drive no slower than 45, or, or I think it's like 50 now, no slower than 50 mile an hour, and no faster than the speed limit, which is 65. Any slower than 50, they classify it impeding traffic. Any faster than 65 is speeding. What do they do? They're giving you a choice that you could choose to drive at any rate of speed you want between 50 and 65. They don't tell you that you have to drive at a certain specific speed. They just said, here, here's a guideline where we want you to drive. Now, dictatorship is like when you have a dog. You tell that dog what room he's allowed in, what room he's not allowed in. You tell him when he will eat, what kind of food he'll eat, and you tell him when he's going to the restroom. He may gut over and scratch on the door, but if you don't feel like getting out there to take him out, tough rocks, hold it. Hello? That's dictatorship or dominion. The Bible didn't use that here. It says obey them to have the rule over you. That means people who set a set of guidelines. Well, a doctor sets guidelines. He didn't tell you what food you have to eat every day of the week. He didn't prepare your menu. He just said, look, these are the guidelines. A dietician sets guidelines, and then after that, you're supposed to follow it. When the doctor tells you, Ruth, you got to cut back on the sugar and lower your glucose levels and lower your cholesterol, guess what? Those are guidelines. Rules. He's not dictating what you eat every day. He just says these are guidelines that you need to fit. When the doctor tells me, look, that I have to get up and as soon as I can put on my stockings before I get moving and then 
go throughout the day and then take them off near the end of the night? Well, they didn't say what I can do during that day just as long as I'm wearing what I got to wear. See, so the whole point is doctors are our authority too. We're supposed to obey them too. Hello. And when a woman is to obey her husband because he has the rule, that doesn't mean the man has a stick and has complete domination. And at the same time, nor does it say that he is supposed to be a dictator. He's supposed to just be a loving husband that set some guidelines and say, this house will be run by this. We're going to go to this church because I, we believe this way. We're going to pay our bills first, then get luxuries. Now, he didn't say in what order those bills were paid, long as they get paid. long as the electric, water, sewer, and gas, and the rent are paid, and it doesn't matter in which order, long as all those bills are covered, she met the guidelines. So that's rule. Dictator would be, okay, I want you to go pay the rent first, then the electric bill, then the water bill, and if you go pay the water bill first, you win a, that's dictator. So, no, we're talking about rule. So, uh, I mean, that word here, this obey them that had a rule over you, means anybody that rules, anybody that has the position to set guidelines. And what, are the, and, and what does the end of that verse say, Danny? Obey them that have the rule over you and... And submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. Now, why are they supposed to set guidelines? Because they're watching for your soul. So here, that is an indication that it is talking about preachers. But even the husband, hello wives... You got a godly husband. The Bible says, "Obey, submit yourself to your own husband in the Lord." The reason is, is because if he truly is with God, and he really loves God, he will be watching over your soul. He will be the man God wants him to be, and he will watch that you don't get into wrapped up in some cult. He will ensure that you don't get into some false doctrine. That's what he's going to do. Now, go ahead and read the rest of the text, Danny. As they, as they that must give account, and they, they do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience, all things, willing to live honestly. The inspired person who wrote Hebrews said that the reason that the, what they wanted to do is if you obey them as leaders of the church, and if you obey those who have the rule over you, those people will be able to enter their rest with a good conscience. But not just that, so won't you. See, they watch over your soul. They keep you from going the wrong way. But now, the Bible also says that a woman, she is to obey her husband in the Lord. Now, if a doctor told you to go do something like smoke marijuana, and you know that the Bible, as well as the laws of the land, say no, then you must say no. That's correct. If you... It, 
if the doctor says, well, to get rid of some of your anger, here's your anger management technique, go pick up a gun and shoot somebody, you say no. If the doctor says, well, abort your baby and kill it, say no. I don't care. Even though the law of the land says you can abort your baby, the Bible said no. In this case, you need to say no. Hey, you, you not only have a choice to abort a baby, as they say, well, what about the choice of life and give that baby a birth and then it's called adoption? Huh? Didn't hear that? Yeah. Are, are you so dense you never heard of adoption? There's lots of nice mamas and daddies that love to raise a kid. If you ain't got the guts to raise it yourself because you're a, a, a woman who had, whose boyfriend ran off on you when you found out you got pregnant because you had sex out of marriage, which was adultery and sin in the first place, and the kid's a bastard. That's what the Bible calls it, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 8. You don't like it, read it and weep. It says you're bastards. It talks about illegitimate children. They're called bastards. Sorry. A child from unwed parents is a bastard. I'm sorry. I'm just going to call it what the Bible said. You get mad, get glad again. The Bible says, hey, look, if you had a bastard child, God can forgive you, but all you got to do is if you ain't able to raise that child because you don't have enough money or you ain't got the room or you ain't got the ability to take care of that child, it's called adoption. You don't have to kill. You don't have to compound murder with the sin of adultery. It's bad enough you had adultery, you don't have to add murder to it. Amen. This preacher's preaching now. See, why? Because I'm watching over your souls. Some people may get mad. Well, let them get glad again. See, when the president tells you something, if it's biblical and it's right, okay. When the law of the land says you can abort your baby, you don't have to do that. When a doctor says you could do it and it ain't right with God's word and you have a, another choice to which you can use that is biblical, go with the biblical choice. Amen. Hey, the Bible choice... Now, wait a minute. A speed limit has nothing to do with God. God doesn't care how fast you drive your car, but the law does. Why? Because if you're going too fast, you may lose control and kill somebody. Then you're going against God. So although the speeding itself won't kill nobody, but if you lose control and you do kill somebody, then you went against God's word. So it's better to knowing that the speed limits are set for you so that you won't kill somebody, then that's why you ought to obey them. Well, you got a lead foot and you can't just keep your foot off the pedal. It's called a bungee cord. Amen. Put a bungee cord on that pedal. If your foot is so heavy that you can't stop pushing down on it, put a bungee cord on that sucker so that as you try to push it past the speed limit, it gets hard. Amen. There are tricks around it, buddy. There ain't no excuse for sin. Or use a squealer. Or, or hey, it's called cruise control. Get yourself set up to 65 and allow your car to set itself in that speed so that as you're going down the road, it won't go past that speed. At least you could be honoring Christ. If you got Jesus in your heart and you're speeding down the highway, you're reprobate and need to get right with God. Amen. Yeah. 
Amen. Because you're going to end up hurting somebody, and when you do, then you're going against God. Amen. Now, as to this thing with Washington's birthday, especially with Washington, but all the presidents, there's nothing wrong with honoring them, taking a day off of work, and respecting the fact that they were presidents, and they both were Christians. Not all of them are Christians, as we know with Clinton. Clinton just had hot pants, okay? But the whole fact is, not all the presidents were Christians. A lot of them claim to go to church, but that doesn't mean they were saved. I mean, to be saved means you got Jesus in your heart personally. Amen. But there's nothing wrong with respecting your leaders. Nothing wrong with following their leadership. But the Bible has something to say when you go above that. Exodus, Ruthie's going to read this one. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 6. Exodus 20, 1 to 6, God has something to say about it when you go over and beyond, over and above that which is respectful. Ruthie, we're going to let you read this. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and shewing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Yes. You ain't supposed to have no other gods. When you make the president a worship practice by saying you quote there's no you you can't give any more glory to his name. Excuse me, you're worshiping him. Lincoln. So when you're worshiping him, you're in sin. It's simple enough. You're in sin. The Bible says you're not supposed to have any graven image. You're not supposed to set up for yourself an idol. And that American idol mess is just another one, along with that uh, beauty, uh, uh, the Miss America mess and Mr. America garbage. That stuff's straight out of the pit of hell, right, Danny? Hallelujah, that's right. Right from the pit. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong in recognizing a beautiful woman and, and tipping your hat to her but, and giving her respect. But when you're worshiping her and calling her Mrs. America, you reprobate, get your dirty, wicked, right, uh, rotten heart right with Jesus. Amen. Because if you ain't got Jesus in your heart and get that thing straight, man, you're something wrong with that picture. That's for sure, for sure and for certain. You need to get right. Amen. See, the Bible tells me that there's only but one God. His name is Jesus. His name ain't Muhammad, Buddha, Allah, or any of the rest of them. His name is Jesus and Jesus alone. That's right. His name is Jesus. So, tonight, just want to ask you tonight. We get ready to close in prayer and have ourselves a time of invitation. How about you? 
Have you surrendered your all to Jesus, or are you worshiping some man? Remember, Washington and Lincoln are both sinners, just like you are. There's only one who is sinless and deserves our worship. His name is Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the message, Lord. We ask You, Lord, now during this time of invitation, Lord, that if someone does not know You or is not right with You, Lord, would You touch their hearts right now? Would You bless them, Lord? Would You help them, Lord, to know that You alone are the one worthy to be worshipped? We thank You, Lord, for our President, Lord. We thank You for His ability to lead us, Lord. We thank You for His authority over us, Lord. But, Lord, we're not going to worship Him. We're going to worship You, Jesus. Help us now, Lord Jesus, to get our wicked hearts right with You and to be right on this matter of what to do with authority figures such as our presidents. We thank You, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Amen.